What's up, what's happening? Welcome to episode six of the Yank Shaft podcast. Group of American dudes who like watching other dudes drive really fast. Uh, joining me as always from an undisclosed location in the Midwest, we have Ian. Hello, fans of Formula One and people that accidentally put on our podcast. And uh, not joining us this week is Johnny. He's dealing with some personal matters. Uh, so Ian and I are going to handle this one two-man band style. All right, so Monaco recap. Um, not the most exciting race, but still some drama to talk about. What, uh, you know, how are you feeling after, after this weekend? Monaco's big in qualifying, and I think the race is, I don't want to say it's a letdown, because while I still enjoyed the race, it wasn't the most exciting thing, but anytime you get a podium without any Mercedes cars on it, you have a chance of, you know, there were some Ferrari issues this week, and maybe they could have pulled away and, you know, possibly even won the race. But all in all, I think it was a, I think it was a solid week for Monaco. It's not it's not a legendary race, but uh, there were definitely some things that happened that were good and that we need to talk about. Yeah, every, every time Monaco pops up on the on the calendar, I wrestle with we're supposed to enjoy this as Formula One fans. There's so much history, yada yada yada. It's it's great, and then like knowing that the race is going to kind of kind of suck. Um, but but I feel like we still managed to get a decent amount of drama this year, even without getting a safety car or really, you know, any of the normal Monaco drama. Um, and starting out that drama talk, got to go with uh, Charles Leclerc. Just absolute heartbreak for us Americans, like myself, that went to sleep on Saturday night with Charles Leclerc on pole for Monaco on Sunday in a Ferrari that looked fast and on a track where he couldn't get past. It was... It was a guaranteed podium almost, and and a, and the best shot at a race win that Ferrari's had in two years, and and it 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 all came came crashing down. Um, it was just how how did they, I know it didn't affect you as much as it affected me, but what thoughts on that? Ferrari had an awesome car this weekend, and if it, it really it really is just horrible that Leclerc had that gearbox issue because we could have had a Leclerc one most likely Verstappen two and then signs three and it would have been like Ferrari's back. Like this is crazy. Like Ferrari is, if you're a college football fan, Ferrari's Texas. And it's like, we just, that team should be better than they are every year. And we've and people have been waiting for them to be back forever now. And we almost had Ferrari back this weekend, but unfortunately Charles Leclerc has a gearbox issue and can't even, can't even race so they haven't they still haven't said officially what the issue was um he thought it was a gearbox issue initially um turns out it might have been something different but clearly related to the crash if i had to guess you know that that seems like a safe bet um all right so moving on from the the leclerc heartbreak um i'm rocking the dutch jersey today giving the love to the boy max verstappen my race winner pick finally paid off he finally took home the win. Um, I thought it was a uh, a heck of a drive from Max Verstappen, and I'm going to lead that into driver of the day. I, I, I thought it was, you know, there's there's not much more he could have done. It wasn't exciting. It wasn't sexy, but he, he did everything he needed to do, managed the tires, didn't put it in the wall. It was a, it was a, it was a great result from Max. Are you yeah, anybody I think- else? I think Max is well. There's one clear guy that I think yeah, we're both yeah, going to yeah. say is our driver. Go on to Max, though, yeah. But 
Max was great, but I don't think I've ever seen somebody less excited to win a race than Max Verstappen was at the end of Monaco um, Sunday. I just he he knew what he had to do. It's a you can't pass. Nobody passed. Um, he was he was out in front for basically the entire race. I think I'm almost positive the entire race. And they're they're just yeah, it was it was a win. It's great, but it just feels like with. Hamilton being stuck, Bottas having issues, probably the fastest car not being able to race. Like he absolutely should have won this race. And you know what he did? So props to him. Yeah, that's pretty much pretty much all you can say about that. He took but he took care of business. And and yeah. he there were Red Bull has had multiple opportunities for race wins this year that they did not take care of business for whatever reason, strategy, the pass in Bahrain on Hamilton that they had to give the place back. Like they just getting a win. And it's it's Monaco. You know, he gets to, he gets to meet Prince Albert or whoever is the you know the the prince of the prince of Monaco. Yeah, I had a can, prince Albert a can. Is that a thing? I don't I, I don't. I don't know, but I, you know, I would have been more excited to meet Serena Serena Williams. But um, honestly, Max did not look too too thrilled with that, and I can't really blame him. Um, no, that was that was super awkward, and we don't need to get into that. But yeah, yeah, maybe maybe, maybe we'll, just, we'll come back to that. Was uncomfortable. <laughs> All right, I try, so, to, I try to push that out of my brain. <laughs> top five, we had we had Max, and then Carlando, uh, Carlos Sainz Jr. in second, Lando Norris in third, uh, Sergio Perez in fourth, and Sebastian Vettel in fifth. We'll get into more of all of those. Um, I already kind of took Max as my driver of the day. Ian, who chance to kind of shake things up? Who, who are you taking as your driver of the day here? To oh, kick Sebastian off the rest Vettel. of the coverage. Yeah, clearly Sebastian Vettel, just by how bad he's looked and how much grief I've given him all throughout the season for him to qualify eighth. Finish fifth. Finish ahead of Lewis. You Hamilton. have questioned multi on multiple podcasts whether he was going to finish the season as a driver. Have, and I'm still not off that train. But good for Sebastian Vettel for, like we said, finishing ahead of Lewis Hamilton in 2021 and Ashton Martin. And you know what? He was he was great. He was one of the few people that like actually really took advantage of this race, like Carlos Sainz. And I don't think he's going to be fifth next week. But you know what? Enjoy it. Great week for Ashton Martin. So good for them. All right. I wanted to get into Sergio Perez and Lando, but we can't we can't get this far into the podcast without mentioning Mercedes. We have to go Mercedes. That's I'm I'm making an you know executive decision here. We're talking Mercedes before we move on. What an absolute disaster of a week. I saw somebody somebody uh on Sunday compared it to Mercedes made mistakes that we're used to seeing Red Bull make here in the last couple of years. And that really resonated with me. That's exactly what happened. It was a, yeah. just a, a terrible week, week for Mercedes. What, I mean, we know the obvious with Bottas, but just what, what on the whole do you think went wrong for Mercedes this week? Honestly, I have no idea because that was just so uncharacteristic of like Mercedes of what we see in the past and seen from these guys where, you know, you had Lewis Hamilton who just looked I, I, he, I think he was just disinterested. And I mean, looking at his numbers at Monaco, he's won Monaco, I believe it's three times, but he's won everywhere at least three times. And of all the tracks that he races in Monaco, he doesn't have a whole lot of success. And when I, I take this with a grain of salt, because it's Lewis Hamilton, but if there's one track where you can say he quote unquote struggles, it is Monaco. And for him to finish seventh and kind of not really like, you know, didn't the Mercedes car is so good at passing and it's so quick when you get stuck behind people that and get that dirty air in, that's it's a lot harder for him to really show off his driving skills. And then you have Valerie Bottas, who has a who has having a great week, possibly could have won the race, and then his tire gets stuck. Like your his tire gets stuck. They can't get his they can't get it like 
as hilarious as that was, that's <laughs> and just it was such hilarious, a, and it was and it was hilarious. That's just such like a like. That I doesn't feel like a surprise move. That's they're they're a machine. They're a well-oiled machine. Yeah, not if the you call like the, the the team, you know. Yeah, like not to pick on them, but if you were like, oh, Haas, Williams, or Alfa Romeo, they got their tire stuck on their car. I'd be like, oh. okay, yeah, you know that that that. that if Mazepin's tire had gotten stuck on the car. We'd be 15 minutes into this pod only talking about that. It would be the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't want to rat on Mazepin, who you know finished not last this week. Stayed out of the way. Um, but yeah, like that was just Mercedes is not going to look back on this Monaco week. And honestly, it might if there's anything that happens in the future where they if they don't win the constructors championship this week, I mean they can look back at Monaco and say, all right, this is where it started. This is where things started to go south for us. And maybe that happens this season. We don't know. Yeah, I mean they were they were building a fairly sizable lead in both the constructors and the driver standings. Um, Hamilton was, and it's all gone now. I mean, you get one guy finishing seventh and one guy DNFing, and that's all it takes. And we've kind of forgotten like none of neither Red Bull nor Mercedes have really had major issues this year, like knocked out of the race issues with me- mechanically this year. Um, but that happens. And so I think we should appreciate the fact that we've got a driver a driver and constructor fight that's so close that it mm-hmm. just takes one of these weeks to shake things up. And I think that, that that's, I mean, that's exactly what we've been clamoring for as fans, like, uh, you know, for years now is just give us a competitive fight here. And Red Bull now one point up in the constructors and uh, Max four points up on Lewis after he nailed fastest lap there. Um, this is this is exactly what we wanted. If you told me after after Monaco we'd have Red Bull by one and Max by four before the season, I would have been all in. Yeah, you definitely take that. I mean, that's gonna that's leading up for a great great drivers and instructors championship right there. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of exactly what we were looking for. We've, um, I guess to briefly kind of get into you know we know what happened with Bottas with the wheel getting stuck. Um, Hamilton just kind of kind of struggled all around didn't didn't really have the pace in qualifying like we you kind of mentioned he's always kind of struggled in monaco um don't want to harp on him too much every race counts the same you know so if he's got one that the mercedes doesn't really work at that well that's all right but he kind of struggled and then the mercedes tried the undercut and then ended up losing a place to ghastly and uh it was just an all-around bad bad week for mercedes yeah yeah yeah, no another another good week for ghastly we'll uh we'll touch on that um but I do want to get into uh, into Red Bull here as, you know, every single week now, the, the one of the major stories is Sergio Perez and how he's helping out and how that second Red Bull seat is doing. Um, and while, you know, him finishing fourth isn't anything to really write home about, this is kind of the fact that they are in the lead of the constructors by one point. And Sergio Perez has had multiple good, like good to great races to climb back into the top five. This is kind of exactly what, what we were looking for from them. Despite his pace not being the best, we need a guy, they just need a guy who can who can just just pull out a top four, top five and, and, and pull it out. Are we, I mean, have any feelings changed on Sergio Perez? It's a weekly debate for us. Yeah, I mean, we, I feel like we, we have had this conversation every single week. And I think while there's, well, there's obviously room for improvement. I just think that Red Bull is, their drivers in the past have just, fluctuated their position so much and it's like when we they found a driver that doesn't have the highest ceiling but he has a or he doesn't have the highest ceiling, but he has a really high floor and it's like we pretty much know what you're going to get out of Sergio Perez every single week there's 
you know, I, well, I don't think he's going to win a race this year. I don't think he's going to have the, you know, horrendous, he's not going to tank Red Bull. And I think that he can, and when he's right, that he can't help Max and of all the other probably quote unquote, number two drivers on a team. I don't think there's another driver right now that would, that Red Bull would be leading the constructor championship with if he was driving with Verstappen. I was going to say the exact same thing that, that his, his bad weeks, he's still putting up pretty good results. Um, he's almost like he's really is like Carlos Sainz 2.0. That's how I see Sergio Perez, even though Sainz had a better week this week. But I, I think I just think that what 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 he brings is he he is the next step above that Carlos Sainz spot. Yeah, no matter what happens, he seems to to climb his way back into the points. And there's never a point where it's Sergio Perez. What are you doing? Get around this guy. You're stuck in traffic. It's always no. Even if he qualifies poorly. It feels like he makes the most out of out of out of the race, um, as, you know, reasonably speaking, um, to, to get in there. Um, so that's that's kind of that's all my points on Red Bull. I thought you know Sergio Perez is is kind of doing exactly what Red Bull need him to do to this point in the season. Yeah, I mean, just kind of looking at this season for Perez, he's fifth, eleventh, fourth, fifth, fourth, and if you keep that pace up for the season, I mean, that's you're going to be they're going to be right there. Uh, at the end of the year. And I think they, if, if they can challenge Mercedes, you know, towards the end of the year, that's awesome for Red Bull. I'd like to throw in that uh, uh, Johnny's not here with us, but I'm just going to assume that he would have given driver of the day to Sergio Perez based on, um, based on how he's gone with his driver vote um, every week this season. Um, so yeah, hopefully we have a good title fight on our hands. That's all we wanted. So I am stoked um, getting away from, from the Mercs and the Red Bulls. Sebastian Vettel and Aston Martin, what a drive. What a weekend for Sebastian Vettel. I, you touched on it earlier, but who saw this coming? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I know you guys had the betting preview earlier in the week, but man, if you would have thrown some bones down on Sebastian Vettel top five, nope. you're, uh, <laughs> and, and those that did, I'm sure you're out there. It's, uh, you're living large right now. Um the the honestly the the two highlights for me of the race both involved the Ashton Martins at the same time of Sebastian Vettel finishing fifth and then Sebastian Vettel and Pierre Gasly racing neck and neck <laughs> all of a sudden we get boom here's Lance Stroll's face and then I don't know what else is going on I thought I was I thought I was in like a dream or something when that happened but uh, that was that was another one of the highlights for me the shout out to whoever was directing the race at Monaco because that was. Uh, the internet got some great content. <laughs> I, I don't know the name of the director of Monaco and, and, and just for everyone listening that they're the only race that still has their own specific director. It's not a part of F1, which basically their crew directs every other race. Now, I don't know his name and it's probably good for him and his family that, that the internet <laughs> does not know his name. It's not readily available because that was absolutely horrible. I mean, qualifying the race, it was a joke that the, the, the times were completely off. They were showing guys on outlaps, like when guys were going for their, their qualifying, like the entire weekend was an absolute disaster. And I'm, I'm hoping that just by speaking more about it, that, that next year it's not a thing because it was that bad. It was, it would be, I hope that man, I hope the entire Monaco directing crew is just gone after all the complaints this year it was, it was no i'm on the other side of that i want them to be back and i want them to be better than ever i loved it it was crazy it was like are you paying attention we've got our neck and neck race and then we're just gonna cut to you know 
We're just gonna cut to a picture of Lance Stroll. If you haven't, by the way, just yeah. I was like, was this a replay of of of, uh, of Vettel and Gasly earlier? Like, why are they so comfortable cutting away from this? It was the only <laughs> on, like exciting on track action the entire day. There was one, they cut there, away. There was one race. There was one actually, you know, racing that happened. One point of racing that happened during Monaco, and then we cut away from it to just show a highlight of Lance Stroll doing literally nothing. Absolutely nothing. That his face is already a meme. A picture of Lance Stroll has become a meme. I just, oh, I, it is. I, I have nothing else. That's to say. honestly one of the highlights. That was one of the highlights of the race for me. That was that was fantastic. It's been a highlight of. It's been a talking point on for everyone in F one coverage, which is just remarkable. That it's Monaco, and one of the major talking points is the is the race director. Like as someone who works in broadcast, I I just I don't even want to get started on it, but. Just kind of an absolute embarrassment. Oh um, man! Oh man! Uh, not really, not really much other like on track action to speak of. Good week for Lance Stroll pulling out eighth. Um, Memes aside, yeah, it, was good, it was a good week for Stroll. And yes, Giovinazzi. You know, maybe, maybe we'll find out what he looks like one of these weeks. We'll fi- we'll finally looks, decide. He looks like the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Over the pictures that I saw of him, he's got a, he's got a point in the season. Yeah, everything's. Yeah, yeah. Everything's coming up, even I man. No, it was a, I thought it was a really good race for him. Um, Reckoning decent, you know, eleventh again. Um, everything else went kind of as expected. Um, shout out, uh, I can't remember who it was, um, who replied to the W uh, WTF one account saying Serena Williams was the best Williams on track today. Um, after after she basically video bombed um, Max's <laughs> Max's podium there. That's kind of all I've got to say about Williams. It wasn't a, it wasn't a good weekend for them. This was not a track that that really suited them well. Um, the 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 back ten, um, the or the bottom ten rather, just just no nothing notable to speak of. No, I, I think that there is one thing that was noticeable is that Daniel Ricciardo being twelfth was not not a good week for Danny Rick as the honey badger. That was a he was slow in qualifying. He did not have anywhere to go during the race. Um, Lando Norris was third. I, th- I believe Ferrari is now ahead of McLaren in the standings. Um, no, 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 no. They are two point. Uh, McLaren's McLaren's two points ahead of Ferrari. Well, after last week, Ferrari should be ahead. But yeah, regardless, but McLaren. Um, yeah, Daniel Ricciardo was, and it that that gap of just you know. Norris and Ricardo just every week now is just getting wider and wider and wider and props to Lando Norris, but yeah, bad, bad week for without, without, without yeah, touching on them, touching on them too much and really having to talk about the drivers in the back 10 had to bring up Daniel Ricardo just having just a really tough week. Yeah. I think that is, that is worth bringing up. Um, yeah. Lando Norris has been even better than, than expected or better than, you know, we could have hoped um, from Lando this year. And Danny Rick just waiting for him to, waiting for him to figure it out with that car. Um, you know, we know Monaco is a track that he really likes. Um, so I think his his extremely poor performance this week is just kind of a reflection of how uncomfortable he is in that McLaren, even through five weeks of the season or five races this season. Um, more than anything else, he's just he has not figured it out yet, um, and hopefully he does because last week was pretty good for him, but. It's just, yes, yeah, Stroll. Um, I'm sorry, not Stroll. Uh, Norris has been better than expected. Ricardo has struggled more than we expected. So, I don't know. McLaren's interesting. Yeah, and, and 
again, I don't know what was wrong with Ricardo this week. Like you said, he he does well at Monaco. Um, he's won it. He's podium. He's podium at least twice. Um, he's crashed out, you know, when leaving. Crashed out, and it was just like he just. It was just a, it was just a weird race for a lot of reasons. I mean, think about Monaco, where there's no safety car at Monaco. There was yeah. no. There was really no crashing. There was really no racing. I mean, this is the if you really want to get super super out there, you could say that with all the. Uh, I mean, all the digital simulation and whatnot that these guys do, where it's like, are they almost just, they're just so comfortable with these tracks where they know. Um, my my counter to that is that, um, A, Charles Leclerc, who not only plays uh, his fair share of racing sims, but grew up in Monaco, still managed to crash. And then also like Yuki Sonoda, the only time we'll mention him, looked terrible. And and his he's, because he's never raced at Monaco coming into this weekend. Um, he did not look comfortable, but I know he's, I know he's played it a lot on the simulator and he was talking about it, but that was just, it was just not enough this week. I think it was, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that it was, it was weird up top, you know, with the red flag and qualifying and then Leclerc losing his place. It was kind of Max signs Norris and and I mean, Bottas would have obviously been up there, and Bottas could have created some chaos had he stayed in the race. But yeah, I think so. he went out, and then the result was, yeah, everyone kind of knew their place for the last forty-five laps of that race. And I think it was more a result of that, um, as far as why we didn't get a safety car or any of that extra drama. That's fair. Um, I always like to stir the pot and just kind of, you know, big brain thing. But that's probably probably a little more realistic and, and re, uh, more than they know their track too well but just anytime you have monaco there's no safety cars just uh, come on we just seems strange you know and and mostly it's just because we were all rooting for 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 the maz spin you know it would just yeah know, it's just, it's i know yeah um, i mean good for him he didn't finish last but um shout out to hazards you know they uh, i believe you're making the point that they did a great job of staying out of the way of the leaders which is a that is such a Formula One thing to say, where the guys in the back did a great job of getting out of the way. So yeah, the back, the bottom you. ten, we had nothing to talk about. So it genuinely is worth bringing up that the back markers did a good job of staying out of the way today. Um, and then yeah, just God, what how weird. And I I I have to bring up the fact that Nikita Mazepin has now finished more races at Monaco than Charles Leclerc. I don't want to talk about it anymore, but. I had to bring it up. So add anything you have there before I move on. I mean, with um, well, Leclerc crashed out and had issues about three times at this race. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then COVID. And then COVID. I mean, I think if you, uh, you put anybody in a Formula One car and tell them, all right, your goal is just to finish this race, which is Nikita Mazepin's goal every week, I think he could probably do it. And I think if Charles Leclerc really wanted to, he could finish Monaco and be 15th. Um, so I'm not putting as much stock into that as you are, but I think I'm it is a kind stock of, into it. It's just a crazy stat, but yeah, it is, it is, a, it is an interesting stat that Charles Leclerc, who is from Monaco has never finished the race and he's been there. At least, he's been there three times. So, yeah. All right. That's, um, that's kind of all I had as far as just kind of going, going through the teams in the race, um, for, for driver of the day, we, we went through that into biggest disappointment of the day. Um, which I think in honor of Gunther Steiner, I am just going to refer to as wanker of the day. Um, from here on out, um, just setting the tone right now, 
the, I, I couldn't find a specific driver to pinpoint. So <laughs> my two wankers of the day on my list were just strictly Mercedes and Ferrari. Cause I felt like Mercedes with the whole, the whole bot ass wheel gun thing and the uh, bad strategy with Lewis Hamilton costing him an extra place. And then Ferrari just, and I know it's hard, but, but sending, sending a, uh, Leclerc out there with a car that just wasn't ready to race. It's 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 hard to absolve blame. I'm putting Mercedes as my number one. Mercedes as a team, they are my wankers of the week. Ian, who you got? You know, I think you hit it dead on. Um, I, part of me wants to say Ricardo, but I'm going to agree with Mercedes as just a team. Um, I'm going to give Ferrari a little bit of a pass. I think Carlos Sainz saved them from being a total disaster, so I really can't true, true. put them in the same category with Mercedes. If I'm blaming but, the team, I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're but right. again, anytime you have arguably the greatest driver in the history of the sport and he finishes seventh and just was just really quiet the whole race, and then your other driver who's running second, you get his tire, his tire gets stuck, like – you, and you just expect so much more from Mercedes that it's just with them making these mistakes, it's just, it just awful week, awful week. Absolute flank is um, confirmed. No, it just, it, it like, a, like a, we talked about earlier, it did, it didn't feel like Mercedes errors. Like if they, these are errors that other teams run into, not Mercedes. And at the end of the day, big brain, like they, I don't think they care that much about this race. I think they would have been fine with like a fifth and a second or a third. Like, and normally that sounds crazy for Mercedes, but I, I just, their car is not really designed to, to operate here at Monaco that well. So I think they were, they were going to kind of have a down week anyway. And just the, but the fact that it was so bad that they managed to finish behind Red Bull in the constructors going into this week is just was remarkable. We got a, we got a fight on our hands, and I'm excited. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, Mercedes probably was a little overconfident and just felt that they could just like probably show up and just have an okay week, and also, and probably more more than that that they probably could if Bottas is tired of and stuff. Yeah, where would they um, ever get that idea that they can just show up? Yeah, and finish they can just one show three, up. And just, you know. Yeah, we'll just you know back our way into a you know two podiums, but yeah, I mean they just. We'll see what they do next week, um, Baku, but I don't – this is – if you're not a Mercedes, if you're anti-Mercedes, enjoy this. Enjoy this week because it is few and far between this stuff happens. If I had any idea how to do a Dutch accent, I would be chanting something right now, but it is just way beyond my my skill level. It's very guttural. I just don't understand it. We're uh we're not going to be doing our Baku preview now. To all the Dutch people, we the Yankshaft Pod is pro Dutch. We are pro Dutch. Yes, I will. I if Max wins again, I got I got a, I got my Robin Van Persie jersey that I'll be I'll be rocking next or you know after after Baku. Don't you guys worry. That's kind of all we got. We're not going to be doing a preview this week. We're going to wait for uh, our boy Johnny to come back and record a little uh, brief brief preview next week. Um, so uh, that's all I got for you. Anything else, Dad? No, just um, I, I think the I think the main thing that we're going to really remember from this race years from now is is the Lance Stroll Lance Stroll memes, and honestly, I'm uh, I'm I'm kind of here for it. So it's check them all out; they're all amazing. Just Lance Stroll. I That's completely probably, agree. 
it was for for all the things for Hamilton being seventh and Bottas's tire getting stuck. Lance Stroll, the Lance Stroll's face is going to be what we all remember here. So that's all we got for you this week. We'll uh, we'll catch you next week for a brief preview episode before uh, before Baku. Take care.